Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Just before we go to Brian Lawton, I'm going to slip back in on Ashley Finefloor's text line because you know what? People are fired up. This text comes to us from the Fizzler. That's right, the Fizzler. Other than goaltending defense and 50% of the forwards right now, Bob, the Oilers are poised to take it all. Glad they got so much deserved hype over the summer. That one comes to us from the Fizzler. Well, Fizzler, since I know what you do as an occupation, I'm going to pass this along. You better get our trivia question coming up for Pro-Am Sports Day, or you shall feel shame. That's all I'm going to say, because it's connected to your line of work. Off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show. He's a former NHL player, the number one pick of the 1983 NHL entry draft. Uh, he started Octagon's player agency. He was the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Besides that, he's done absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah, and he's also... Uh, Worked uh, several years with the NHL Network. For Wow Factor Desserts, for a limited time, try their Harvest Pumpkin Cheesecake, just one of the handcrafted creations that Wow Factor brings to your table. Visit wowfactordesserts.com today. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm uh, doing well. Better than Edmonton Oilers fans. Uh, apparently, after listening to that review from the Fizzler, the Fizzler, uh, the, the Fizzler's never been afraid to keep us honest, I can tell you. And uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, hey, at the bottom line here, Brian, the numbers are ugly. I mean, we're two games into the season. The Oilers have given up. They're tied for the fewest shots against on goal per game this season at 24 shots against per game. But they got the worst goals against, six per game. The worst save percentage, 750. You only have a 750. I mean, those are Cam Moon-like numbers from the early uh, 1990s. At least he made it to the Western League, may I remind myself. Uh, but uh, And not surprisingly, worse than the penalty kill in the NHL. It has not exactly been an ideal start, has it? No, I think this is about as bad as one could even imagine for them in terms of the start. And, and yet... You can't get lost in two games. I have a feeling that we'll be doing this show certainly within three weeks, if not two, and this will be a thing of the past. But, you know, they've got to prove it. (laughs) Yeah, they've got to prove it. They've been punched in the nose pretty hard to start here. I've read all the comments about that can be a good thing. It can be a good thing, but it definitely doesn't feel good for the players, the coaches, or the management right now. Do you think they need to come to the realization that they are now the hunted? You know, like, I watched them play against Pittsburgh the last two years, and Connor and Leon have absolutely eviscerated the Penguins head-to-head. And my theory on this is they want what Crosby, Melkin, and Latang have, right? And so the Oilers, I mean, we're talking they've beaten them like 7-2 and 6-1. Not once or twice, like four times they pounded the Penguins into obliteration. Uh, which makes, may I add, Brian, a Pittsburgh writer not choosing McDavid as the top voter for the Hart Trophy last year when McDavid put up two goals and four points in a 7-1 victory in Pittsburgh last year. It makes it even more puzzling, right? You think to yourself, what, the guy didn't trust his own lines and what he saw that or his own eyes and what he saw? But you know what I'm saying here. Like, what I'm saying is I think other teams are getting up. They're stoked to play the Oilers. It's a challenge, and Edmonton better be ready for it. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct. Everybody reads the storylines that are going on around teams, particularly 
early on in the season. And, you know, Edmonton is probably guilty of feeling a little bit overconfident. Uh, They have to get back to recognizing that in this league, even the worst teams in the league win one in three games, generally. So that just means that the competition is a lot closer than it plays out on a nightly basis. So in Edmonton's case, they got to realize you can't just show up and uh, throw your stick out and expect to win. Now everybody else is jacked up. Everybody else is fully aware of the star players they have on the team, what the expectations are, uh, and they're gunning for them. Edmonton will adjust. I think it was a shock to them. Game one and game two was a little bit of something that happens to every team, whether you're having a great year or a terrible year when you play a game and you didn't get the outcome that you deserved, an outcome that was overwhelming at times. But that happens in hockey. There's no crying in in that regard. You got to get to work. You got to strap the boots on and get out there and get it done. We'll see how they perform tonight. There's nothing to say that they'll snap out of it. And yet I would say I believe they will. Brian Lawton joining us for Wow Factor Desserts. So, Brian, I mean, I put a tweet out after the game. The Oilers got goalied, and the response was, when the hell are the Oilers going to goalie somebody? When's the Oilers net minor going to end it? You know, because you think back to uh, the playoffs, and you could argue Jack Campbell coming in in game four when it was a 3 nothing game and giving Edmonton a chance to win that when he played pretty well. Uh, but they didn't necessarily have the best goaltending during the course of the playoffs, and it was a small factor in their demise against the Vegas Golden Knights. They lost. I mean, that was they lost a seven-minute window in Game Five, and then they got goalied in Game Six. And so we've already got. So let me ask you this: Should we be concerned about the combination of Jack Campbell um, as well as Stuart Skinner? Uh, as a general manager or coach, it's definitely going to be on their minds. But I think ultimately, you know, manager made the decision over the summer that these guys can be good enough to get us to where we need to go. And you have to think about the regular season in phases. Nobody starts off saying, I'm going to win the league or the president's trophy. I'm going to finish first in my division or conference. You start off saying, how are we going to get ourselves into the playoffs? And I think the management made a decision that we are good enough as we're constructed now to do that. I do think they were correct. you got to eat a little bit of crow in this game once in a while. Trust me, I've been there. It's just part of it. But ultimately, uh, would, would this raise concern? Yeah, I mean, you're such a pessimist sometimes when you're managing a club. There's a sniper behind every tree. Yeah, you're facing the greatest goalie ever. At least they're playing that way. There's always just a little bit of doubt or pessimism that sneaks into your thinking. But I think in sane moments, when you can recognize this is an incredibly small sample size, there is something in math called regression to the mean. You're going to expect your goaltenders to play better and expect your team to play better, quite frankly. Brian, I'm here to tell you, if the Oilers end up with a 750 save percentage all season long, they're not making the playoffs. Yes, I, yes, that's fair. But what, who's the last team that had a 750 save percentage that's, as a team? That's, that's the <laughs> Okay? That, that's the other side of it, Bob. 
Yes. So we know it's going to get better at some point. Uh, Bob Stoffer joining you live at uh, Bridgestone Arena, Nashville, Tennessee. It is Matthias Eckholm's return. Pretty substantial trade for Edmonton. 18-2-1 last year after he jumped aboard. Best record in the National Hockey League, 14-0-1 in the final 15 games. He was plus 28 in 21 games. Is he enough for the Oilers' defense, or do they still need to do more, in your opinion, Brian? He's plenty enough for them to make the playoffs. Is he enough for them to win the Stanley Cup? No, I've said that many times on the airways in Edmonton, and I, I still stand by that. But, you know, to be fair to him in the first game, he yeah. looked to me like he was not quite 100%. Uh, but when he is 100%, incredibly effective, uh, but still not enough, in my humble opinion, to say that Edmonton is a legitimate Stanley Cup team that can win the Cup. Um, I think they need to still tweak that decor. I think that'll help settle down or solidify their goaltending, prove that it's good enough where they could win a championship. Uh, it always starts in both directions for me from the blue line. Well, it's interesting because last year, did you not pick Edmonton to be your sleeper to win the Stanley Cup? I did. And then they added Ekholm, and in the end, they lost to Nashville. And you're saying now that you think they still need to add another D at some point. I do. I, I always look at the teams that when I'm making that prediction last year, just to be completely transparent to the listeners, I'm expecting that a team with the age of roster that Edmonton has, with the superstars that they have, where they're at in their cycle of growth, that they'll be utilizing assets to make improvements at right. the deadline. I didn't, know, I didn't know who that would be last year, but I certainly built that in when I go through and kind of model out where I think teams will finish. So you're looking at the draft cap. So the Oilers, as an example, have a first-round pick. And... You know, they've got a couple younger prospects. Uh, you know, they don't have – it's interesting because Nashville has six first-round picks that are currently not with it. Five are in Milwaukee in the American Hockey League. Now, I'm not sure how many of them are slam dunks because a lot of them are mid-range, mid-to-late-round first-round picks, but we'll see. Um, but what you're saying is you believe, you know, they'll use uh, – who knows? Maybe even potentially a Broberg in a first or another Borgo in a first and try to address an area. If it were you, you would address an area of need and you would target the defense to upgrade. Yes, I would as of right now and even in my long-term review of the club and where they're at. Some of the forwards have had a terrible start. Like I said, <laughs> let this team get going give them a bigger sample size, and then judge them. I know everybody likes to. It's kind of fun, just the way of the world right now. Um, but I'm, I'm long-term still concerned about their decor. That is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that right now there are a lot of listeners that would agree with you, Brian, that are they're frustrated with Darnell Nurse. Uh, we thought we were going to see Nurse and Bouchard, Ekholm and Broberg, and the Oilers have quickly pivoted after game one. To, and, and part of it might just be Ekholm coming off of injury, but he's with Bouchard. Nurse is back with CC. They got Kulak and Broberg as the pairings, and right now Dayarnay is on the outside looking in as the number seven. 
and you mentioned a lot of people thought they'd have the best top six in the NHL. Kane is off to a very pedestrian start to the year, to say the least. Tonight, he is with McDavid and Drysaddle with Evander Kane. How long of a leash would you have if you were Jay Woodcroft with Evander Kane in that spot or conversely looking at splitting up McDavid and Drysaddle? I think every night when you approach a game, the coaches put together a lineup that they think will help them win. But when you're not winning consistently, the leash is a lot shorter. And that can change from team to team. You can be on a streak and they'll roll with it or vice versa. So I would expect that from Jay, that he'll be a little quicker to the trigger if things don't go the way they want. Uh, But that doesn't mean you're not beating the other team 7-1. to It just means you don't like the way the game is unfolding. Uh, I never saw anybody better at this as a coach than Jacques Lemaire. He could watch three or four shifts, and he'd be making game decisions for the rest of the night. He was just that good at really knowing his players and figuring out where they were going to be. Most guys take a little longer than that, but I do think that Jay will be forced to make quicker decisions if he doesn't like the way the game starts or is rolling for Edmonton. Is it easier to do when you're a defensive-minded coach? Because you sit there and look at the personnel that you have and think, okay, well, we can't win if we go to a track meet, so you better be on all on board and playing with the structure and process that we are. We need to play to, to you know, be able to win. And conversely, when you're, you know, coaching a more offensive team, like the Oilers have tried to transition to more of a zone defense. There's been some growing pains along the way with that. Uh, they haven't been bailed out by sharp bolting in out of the date, out of the date, uh, out of the gate. That's an issue as well. So, what do you think? Do you think maybe it's quicker to make those adjustments as to who's not going right away when you're coaching a less aggressive team? From the coach's standpoint, yes. What I find throughout my 30 plus years with the NHL is that when a good team is not winning. It takes them one game max to recognize, okay, we need to go back and prove that we can shut it down. And the good teams do that, and they may end up winning big, but it'll be generated from their ability as a team to say, okay, we're not going to just outscore everyone every night. Even though the good teams tend to have the skilled players, they tend to want to play that way. The really, really great teams recognize that that's not really a winning formula. Some nights we'll just overpower people because we've got so much skill. Edmonton hasn't seen any of that yet. You know, Vancouver really shocked them, to be honest with you. That was evident in game one. Um, But the good teams, they can respond and they can lock it down. We'll see how many games it takes Edmonton to realize that if they want to be the team everybody's saying they are, you're going to have to be able to do that as a group. Former NHL player, agent, and general manager Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. For a limited time, try their Harvest Pumpkin Cheesecake, just one of the handcrafted creations that Wow Factor brings to your table. Visit wowfactordesserts.com today. Brian, was it the same hubbubaloo with you that there is currently with Connor Bedard and has been with the likes of Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid before? No, it, it was nothing like that for me personally. Um, the only oddity for me as a rookie, you know, because this just came up recently with Connor. Somebody was talking about Lou Lamarillo. He had Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Never did an interview 
all year long um, on the road as the guest. I felt like that was probably the only oddity that I dealt with my first year is just you're always the guy every first time around as a first pick that either your TV or the home team's TV wants to interview. They end up doing a lot of that, and uh, that can be good and bad. I took it to be more bad. I think it's more bad for Connor just because it adds a little bit more on his plate. He's already got enough attention. He's already done a ton of things. You know, we're seeing the NHL really open up with more behind-the-scenes access to guys. We saw Fantelli down here, you know, doing something an hour before a game. Same thing with Bedard. Just makes the job a little bit more difficult, and yet I find that most of the general managers are more open-minded than ever, but not Lou Lamarillo. And maybe Lou was right on that. Who knows? Yeah, limiting the uh, appearances with uh, specifically Austin Matthews uh, back in 2016. And one final one for you. We are going to uh, Minnesota next Monday, and then the Oilers play the Wild on Tuesday, Brian. And that has been a horrific matchup for the Oilers. The Wild, are they still playing a heavy, tough game? They are. They are. You know, they've made some big moves to maintain players like Marcus Foligno that I thought might be leaving signed a new contract, brought in Ryan Reeves. They've gotten great play from Brock Faber, the rookie. Nobody's really talking about this guy, but his game is pretty well-rounded. You know, they lost Dumba. They've lost a lot of D over the last few years, so they don't have as stout a D as they used to. But uh, Dean Evason is a defense-first coach. They play a heavy style up front, and it's given Edmonton trouble over the last number of years. It has. Brian, I look forward to you taking me for lunch next week when we're in uh, St. Paul. <laughs> I, I can't wait for alligator arms to come out again. Oh, you've heard that about me. Well, I resemble that remark. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us here at Oilers Now. We'll hook up next Tuesday. Appreciate it, Bob. Thanks. You bet. 4.53 in Edmonton. That is Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. Due to popular demand... New S Travel, who has a trip here in Nashville as we speak. They've added a second package on the exclusive Oilers Now roadie to Montreal to watch the Oilers play the Canadians. This package includes airfare, three nights in the Deluxe Hotel downtown Montreal, game tickets in a private suite with food and drinks, and of course, we'll have a welcome reception in both Edmonton and in Montreal with yours truly and special guests. Experience the incredible hockey history in Montreal this January. To be a part of this awesome Montreal road trip, call New West Travel today. Go online at newwesttravel.com. All right. When we come back, we'll get to Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports. It's a tough one. We'll have some fun with it when we return. The Roadhammers text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and says, Bob, the Oilers weren't going anywhere with just Chris Pronger. But when they added Spashik and Tarnstrom, they became a Stanley Cup contender from Roadhammer. Well, those guys helped, but as I recall, they also added a guy by the name of Dwayne Rolison. He was pretty good, too. We're going to go to Oilers Game Day Trivia for Pro-Am Sports. All correct answers this month. Enter to win a triple-signed and framed photo from the Oilers' three Stanley Cup champion goaltenders. Of course, Grant Fiorani Moog and Bill Ranford. Bill's sister is on this trip with us. Uh, anyhow, you can visit ProAmSports.ca or check them out today. In Edmonton, 127-28 St. Albert Trail. Here's the question. Can you name 
the sixth overall draft pick by the Nashville Predators, a goaltender who would go on to play four NHL games. He is now a detective with the Toronto City of Toronto Police Force. Uh, text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Christina Drapeau. And when we return, Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network.